0: Okay, shalom everybody. Missed you, we haven't had the class for a while. It was the high holidays. Nothing is better than current events. And tonight's class is going to be, is it permitted to eat hot dogs? (laughs) What do I mean by that? In October 26, 2015, the World Health Organization announced that a group of 22 experts from 10 different countries said, if you have processed meats like cold cuts, And hot dogs and deli stuff, it could increase. There's there's limited evidence that the consumption of red meat causes cancer, especially red meat like hot dogs and deli, you know, pastrami and bologna. Now what does the Torah say about this? What does the Halakha say? What does the Talmud say? Is it okay for us to eat foods that may be damaging to our health? There's 22 different experts from 10 different countries saying that there's a correlation between these meats and cancer. Heaven forbid. Now, obviously, if you eat it in moderation, it's not going to be, God forbid, cause you that, that, uh, danger of cancer, Rahman al-Itslan. But, this shiur is based on the Beis Va Havad Halacha Center article by Rabbi Micha Khan. So, there's two different, we want to analyze this idea, right? Of eating foods that may cause detrimental problems to our health. The Talmud says a fascinating idea, which we main, main subject of this shiur is going to be about. The Talmud in Yevamot page 72a says did you know the Jews for 40 years did not do Brit Milah did you know that all the Jews that were born in the uh, Sinai desert did not go under did not undergo Brit Milah until Joshua Milad them the second the day they got into Israel If you look, read Joshua, you'll see. Now why is that? Because the Gemara says that there's a wind that comes from the north that is very good for our health. When the Jews were in the Sinai Desert, this northerly wind, because it's the middle of nowhere, so it's like this northerly wind didn't blow. And if you you know circumcision is a very dangerous, there's a lot of potential. You know it could be very dangerous. So since the northerly wind didn't blow, and you know, if your life is in danger, you don't do brit milah. You know that it's not such a. It's a very important mitzvah. But let's say somebody's God forbid, two of his brothers had passed away because they had gotten brit milah and their wound didn't heal. The third brother would not do brit milah. So the same on the same idea since it was detrimental and danger to their health, all the Jews that were born for 40 years in the Sinai desert, did not do Brit Because the northerly wind wasn't there to uh, give them that health benefit. And the con- the Talmud continues and says, on a very cloudy day, when the clouds block the northerly wind, even in Talmudic times, you shouldn't do Brit Milah. Did you know that? So let's say a kid, Isaac, or Yaakov is born. And on the 8th day they come to do the Brit Milah. They say it's so cloudy that there is no wind coming. It's blocking the northerly wind. The Gemara says you shouldn't do Brit Milah. Now, the Talmud writes, but we see everybody does it. Technically speaking, we shouldn't do it, right? The Gemara says that there's a concept called Shomer Petaim Hashem. We read this in Halel. And what this means is very, very mysterious and you have to understand. And the idea is that Hashem guards fools. King David says, "You say, He says, God, I'm so unknowledgeable, I'm so fragile. God, watch over me, even though I'm a fool. So the, the Talmud basically says that even though on a cloudy day you technically shouldn't do Brit Milah just like the Jews didn't do it for 40 years, but since everybody does it, we say, you know, it's a common practice and God guards fools. Now, the great Gaon, the great genius, the greatest student of the Chafetz Chaim asks a very important question on this. And that is is that, we know that the most, most, most important law is never to put yourself in danger, right? We even desecrate Yom Kippur, and somebody can eat on Yom Kippur. Somebody can drive a car and do everything, light fire on Shabbat to save somebody's life. Because if there's a risk, even if there's a small doubt that somebody's life is at risk, we what do we do? We desecrate Shabbat. So how... Can we put ourselves at risk and say, oh, God will watch us because everybody does it. So if everybody jumps off the Empire State Building, you understand? This, this, this concept of God, Hashem guards fools is going against the idea that we have to be extraordinary careful about risks to our life. And the, the biggest proof is that we, we, we desecrate any law, you know, besides idol worship, adultery and murder. We we desecrate any law in the Torah to save what to safeguard our lives. So Rav Al-Khanan says a very important idea. He says, what does this idea mean that Hashem guards fools, right? And we could do risky behavior. It's only if it's very difficult to avoid the risk. For example, let's say you live in a place. The only food that kosher food that they meat they sell is what hot dogs and deli, right? You know. That's very possible, right? You're in college in some hick town. So what? You're not going to... And you you can't eat. You don't like any other foods. So if it's very difficult to avoid the risk, and a lot of people are taking the risk, right? In your community. Under such conditions, it is permitted to rely on Hashem, that Hashem will help, but otherwise it's forbidden, right? So Rabbi Al-Khan is saying is a very interesting thing. He's saying, you're right we Jews have a mandate to be extraordinarily careful to guard our health and our safe being, well-being. But let's say you're in a situation where it's very hard not to take the risk, right? It's like you have to bend over backwards. And everybody else in the community is taking the risk. Then we say a concept of, okay, I can't be obsessive, convulsive, and paranoid. I'm just going to go with the flow. And I'm going to trust Hashem that Hashem guards fools. There's another great, great chacham that wrote a book, an encyclopedic work. His name is Rabbi, Mal, Ma, Rabbi Malkiel Tzvi Tenenbaum. He wrote the Sefer Divrei Malkiel. He 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 answers this question in a little bit different different way. He explains that the verse of Shomer P'tayim Hashem that Hashem guards fools is only if the risk is very minimal, right? It's like less than ten percent. You understand? Less than five percent. If it's a very distant and minimal risk. Such risks are not considered significant enough to desecrate the Shabbat for them, right? Let's say the risk is like, it's a wild, uh, it's a very, you know, distant risk. There we can be lenient and say that, you know, Hashem will protect us from such negligible risk. You understand? So these two ideas are very um, important to eating these red meats, right? It's a big thing. If anybody has been following the news, it was like on CNN, on Fox, on every news channel about this study. Red meat is a very central food, right? Most of the population is what? Eating red meat. And it has a lot of nutrients, right? You know that. It has a lot of iron and some people if they don't eat red meat they're going to get sick because they need the nutrients. And for some people it's very difficult to substitute. And furthermore if you don't eat like deli or hot dogs every day the the risk is negligible. So therefore it seems on at least for now that as a Jew... As a, you know, Jew that you have to watch your health and be very careful about it, it seems that it would be okay to have these foods, even in moderation, I, it's a possibility it could cause that bad, you know, cancer, but we say Hashem guards fools, right? Because as a society, most people are eating it, and, um, but there's another question, and that is, is that, can we say that when G- Hashem guards fools, is that a directive? Is, is, should we use that even in the best case and scenario? Is it lechatkil or is it bidiyevich? You understand? We say Hashem guards fools. Is that if, if I don't have any other alternative? Maybe I should be a health nut, right? I could eat tofu, I could eat other foods. So, this is another fascinating aspect of this idea of Hashem guards fools. Does it mean that okay, if I have no other alternatives, right, I'll go and I'll say, I'll do the risky behavior, or let's say if I have other alternatives, alternatives should I still be reliant on this concept of Hashem guards fools? Now, this pasuk is found in teilim 116, chapter 116, pasuk 6. Now, the, the, the commentaries, they translate this pasuk in two different ways. The Mesudat David says, you Hashem guard those who lack the wisdom to guard themselves. Which means, you understand? Hashem is so benevolent and wonderful and altruistic and such a merciful God that He doesn't accept accept expect us. You know, some people, they're not so wise. They have to work. And, you know, they're not so educated. So according to this approach, it doesn't seem to be a virtue, you understand? Some people that are so unsophisticated that you know they don't know the latest medical news, and they're following whatever, following the flow of whatever else is doing. Hashem takes care of them, right? Don't Hashem? They can trust that Hashem. They don't have to be worried every second and get every update on Twitter from John Hopkins and the World Health. You know. But then the Ibn Ezra has a different understanding. He says that the reason why I Hashem do not seek intricate schemes to save myself is because I made myself like an onrise and relied on you. So the Ibn Ezra understands this idea that Hashem guards fully. Says Hashem, I'm like a baby. I'm like not sophisticated. I don't need to be worried because I'm. I know that ultimately you're in charge of everything. So according to this interpretation of the Pasuk, it seems to be that Hashem guards fools is a virtue. You know, it's like saying, I'm not going to be obsessive, compulsive, and paranoid about everything. I'm just going to do what normal people do. And I know that, you know, Hashem is going to guard me from the dangers, right? Because everything in life has a danger. Now, how do we understand the sources of Hashem guards Again, so the question we want to understand is, is it a recommended behavior or a justification? So the Ritva has a very interesting answer. That is like this. You know, we said that the Talmud considers doing a brick a milah on a cloudy day, very dangerous, right? Dangerous. Because there's no northerly wind, like in the Sinai Desert. But... The question here is, is, let's say you and me, and if anybody knows about this, it's an inside joke. If you're Kashi, for example, you're extraordinarily careful, right? Let's say you don't want to rely on this concept of Hashem Guards Fools, right? Would you be a good Jew or a bad Jew if you kick off your son's Britney Love for a day that's not cloudy, understand? It's a fascinating question. So here we are, your son is born, it's a very cloudy day. You say, I want to be, you know, this is, uh, I haven't had a son. Like some people we know, This. I've had eight daughters, this is my one and only son. I don't want to put, I don't want to even take a 5% or 2% risk. I want to put off the Brick for until we get to a day that is, there's the northerly wind. Are you allowed to do that or not? So the ritual says a fascinating thing. He says that a person is allowed to delay the mitzvah out of this concern. And is not obligated to rely on Shomer Piteim Hashem. You understand? Fascinating. So the ritual says, okay, on one hand there's no northerly wind. On one hand we could say there's thousands of people that have done Rit milan on a cloudy day, right? So Hashem guards fools. But the Ritva says a fascinating thing. He says, you don't want to take that risk, right? You're okay. You could put off the Brit Milah, you're halachically allowed to put off the Brit Milah until you get a normal day, you understand? Or you have the northerly wind. So, it comes out that the Ritva holds that this concept of Shomer Petaim Hashem does not completely remove the risk. And being concerned about them despite the public's disregard is perfectly acceptable. You understand guys? So according to the Ritva, you're allowed to be extraordinarily careful and delay a mitzvah because you don't want to rely on what? Hashem guards fools. But there's another approach from a great post the Yamshel Shlomo, in Yavamot Perak, Gimel. He rules differently. You know what the Yamshel Shlomo says? It's a machlaikis. He says, I argue on the Ritva. He says, you know why? He says, I tell you why. Let's say, the Talmud says on a cloudy day, there's no northerly wind, right? Are we experts in the northerly wind, right? Are we experts on which day is considered really cloudy? Or it's like, you know, so there's always a gray area. So, the the yam Yamshel Shlomo says that it's wrong. He says, he argues on the ritzvah. He says that when... It's two, it's two suffix, right? It's two questionable actions. First of all, we're not sure what, what exactly cloud, what's under, which day is such a cloudy day that blocks the northerly wind, right? That's the first question. Secondly, we've seen nobody is worried about this anymore and, you know, everybody does Brit Milan any day. So therefore, since it's such a minor, minute risk, he says you shouldn't ever put off a mitzvah, right? You should rely. On this concept, Rav Moshe Feinstein, based on the Teshuvot Radvaz, five ninety six, says that a person who is success, susceptible to a certain particular risk may say, "I do not want to say Shofar B'taim Hashem because I fear that the sins will hold down my ascend protection." Let's say you say, "You know what? I'm worried. You know what? I I feel guilty." I've done a lot of big sins. And may, maybe Hashem won't guard me. You're allowed to delay a mitzvah or whatever and not go and rely on Hashem guards fools. However, if a person has no reason to be concerned about a particular problem, then it would make sense that Hashem, you, we can rely on this directive of that Hashem guards fools. Now there's another perspective here, from one of the greatest Ashkenazi postkin. actually the Ramah, you know, the Ashkenazis followed, Binei Salah, Yud Ramah, they, hold very much of the Truma Sadeshen, that's, he asked a very interesting question, do you know guys, that many pages of the Talmud is like, is advice how to be healthy, did you know that? If you look in the Gemara in Gittin, the Gemara, those Agaritas, in Shabbat, The Talmud is full of advice how to be healthy. But rabbis, even a thousand years ago, weren't following the Talmudic advice. Why is that? So... The Truma Sadeshan says a fascinating thing. He says, you know why regular people don't follow the Talmudic advice? Because he said a lot of people don't learn Talmud, especially thousands of years ago a lot of Jews weren't so learned. But he says, if you're a rabbi, and you're an expert in Talmud, you're not allowed to say, Hashem guards fools. You should follow the advice of the Talmud, and you know, if the Talmud says, this is healthy, this is healthy, this is, you know, this is dangerous to your health. So it comes out a fascinating thing. According to the Trumat tradition, this that we say, God guards fools, is for unsophisticated people, Right? What do you, Hashem doesn't expect people that are uneducated to not take risks and not... But if you are knowledgeable, right? Let's say you're a doctor. Or nowadays where we have Google and the news is full of knowledge, it would seem that the Truma Sadeshin, if he says, you should be careful, right? Knowledge is power. If you have the knowledge, then you have to be careful. And that's why he says that the rabbis that learn Talmud should follow all the Talmudic advice for how to be healthy. So it seems that the Truma is following the idea that the idea of Hashem guarding fools is more of a justification, right? It's not a directive, right? Which means like the ritual If you want to be strict, you don't rely on this idea of Hashem guards fools. So let's get to the final conclusion. According to the sources we have provided, there are many halachic justifications for having deli and hot dogs and red meat. For sure, if you have it every day, you're doing a big sin. Because, I'll tell you an amazing story. I heard from Rabbi Zagari. One of the greatest Rosh Hashivas in Europe, his name was Rabbi Baruch He was one of the biggest students of Rav Chaimi Brisk. One of the greatest. So, He he got like a very bad sickness. He had like the flu, so he's out of yeshiva for like two weeks. Then all the students came to his house, they saw he was good. But yet another week, he didn't come to yeshiva. So his students said, Rabbi, Rebbe, Rosh Yeshiva, we know you love teaching your Gemara class so much. Why? You got better already, you kept a what? Why did you stay home for an extra week? He said because the Torah says be very very careful in washing your health. So therefore, two weeks I couldn't, but I wanted to be very very careful, and I you know I spent an extra week. So definitely, um, assuming that this evidence from the doctors and the, the World Health Organization, there's concrete, concrete evidence that. There is a relationship to cancer. Heaven forbid, you sh- you would be allowed to have the these um, red meats that are processed in moderation, but there is a train of thought that you wouldn't be ludicrous, you wouldn't be crazy to say that. Hey, I want to be extraordinarily careful. You know, I don't even want to go with. Hashem guards fools, you know. So therefore, I'm going to be totally, totally not eat any more red meat and um, that has uh process like deli. And so basically, um, we hope that everybody stays healthy, wealthy and wise. Amen. And um, definitely according to all opinions, if there is evidence, concrete evidence that too much of it is bad, you shouldn't have it. In moderation, you could say that Hashem guards fools, but there's also another opinion that for sophisticated people that know better, we don't eat it at all. Um, Shalom, and please don't forget to subscribe to our channel.